This is an ABC podcast. For ABC Radio National, you're listening to Off Track, the program that captures the sound of nature in the wild and funnels it directly into your ears. I'm Dr Anne Jones. Oh, well, it's just, you know, I walk around and people go, oh, you know, what's your PhD on? And I'm like, oh, it's marine bioacoustics. And they're like, oh, whales. I'm like, no, fish. I'm listening to fish and fish produce sounds. Fish produce sounds that I never, ever, ever would have thought they could. Lauren Hawkins is a PhD student at Curtin University at the Centre for Marine Science and Technology. And for her job, she listens to fish. I was really interested in finding a way of finding things out about animals and the world that they're living in, in a way that's very much non-extractive and inobtrusive. Originally, I was very, very interested in cetaceans, which, you know, you have your very characteristic humpback whale calls and dolphin whistles. And then I found out about fish. Although being very much a child of snorkeling when I was a kid and listening to the popping sounds and the crunching sounds underneath the water. It never really occurred to me that fish actually produce sound for communication. And once I started it, it, yeah, it's just really grown into a passion now. So what can you hear in the recordings? So I suppose the most iconic would be your snapping shrimp. Pop, 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 snap, 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 that you can actually hear even if you're just, you know, going snorkeling or even just swimming underneath the water at the beach. Snapping shrimp are also amazingly loud. Probably one of the most prolific sounds I hear is probably ship or boat noise all the time, all the time. Well, it's literally what you would hear above the water. So it's that mechanical And depending on how big the ship is or how close to the hydrophone it is, sort of depends on on how loud it is. Yeah, some of them can be quite close to the hydrophone, so got to turn the volume down on (laughs) on the laptop sometimes. There's pole driving, so they're doing that construction work around estuaries and harbours and things like that. I've heard that. I've also um, heard clips of different machinery in the water. echo sounders as well, sonars from boats. That's quite characteristic. You can hear that as well. Just on a daily basis, I'll hear humpback whales. It's 
blue whales, fin whales, minky whales. I've got some choruses which are interspersed with orca whistles. A lot of the large whales also chorus as well, which were beautiful to hear because it's a sign that their numbers are recovering since the end of whaling, but it can also make it hard for me to hear my fish choruses. (laughs) Particularly humpback whales, they sing very loudly and for a long period of time. So once you have lots and lots of humpback whales calling at the same time, you're not able to hear the fish. Or in my case, I also look at spectrograms, which are graphical uh, representations of sound that show me the loudness of signals and helps me find where fish choruses are and, and when they've been recorded. And when the humpback whales are being very, very loud, it sort of covers up where the fish choruses are being loud. But in saying that, there are fish choruses that are so intense that you can actually hear them while the humpback whales are chorusing and they're actually, at some point, you can hear them over the humpback whales, which considering, you know, the size difference, it's a big feat for a little fish. Yes, you heard correctly. Fish sing in choruses, similar to bird choruses. But before we get there, how do fish even make sounds? Okay, so fish make sounds in three main ways. The first is drumming, and that's when fish use sonic muscles, specialised muscles which are attached to their swim bladder or around their swim bladder, and they vibrate or stridulate the swim bladder, which creates this drumming sound. And that's fairly common. I mean, you know, a lot of the fish, their common names are named after the fact that they do produce sound. So, you know, your croakers or your drummers, they produce sound in that way. And fish project an astonishing array of noises using this method of sound production. You've got your swim bladder, which is this air-filled organ in the abdomen of most bony fishes. And it's very similar to, I suppose you'd call a balloon in a sense. Those muscles are pulling and pushing and pulling and pushing and pulling and pushing. And as that water is released, that's what's making those popping sounds. And it, is it known... Sort of um, like a fish fart. <laughs> 
There are quite a few of them that do sound like fish farts, actually. Um, yeah, they, they really do. <laughs> Fish also produce sounds through stridulation. So that's when they rub bony body parts against each other. Sort of like when crickets rub their legs against each other. For fish, they can rub their fin rays against their pectoral girdle, which is like sort of hooks. And the final way they make sounds is as a result of their movements through the water. You mean sort of like the whoosh of the water actually splitting over the fish? Yeah, their hydrodynamic movement. But primarily, you know, using their swim bladder or by um, flicking bony parts is how they make sound to communicate. In general terms, why are fish making sound? Or what's our understanding up until now anyway? Fish make sound when they're feeding, when they're breeding when they're courting, uh, for aggression. So, you know, this is my territory. This is my bit of coral, you know, leave alone. Also, as alarm calls, very similar to what birds do, um, they'll actually set those alarm calls off to let others know that there's a predator running around. It's a repertoire of calls for them to talk to each other about what they're doing in a, on their daily lives. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I I mean, I still don't know some of the sounds that I hear and have to go and, you know, talk to to acousticians and to my supervisors and go, you know, what's this? You know, is it a fish or could it be something else or is it a whale? And I suppose also because I don't really know what the fish are doing. I'd really love, I would love to be there to, to, you know, go down and look at what these fish are doing as they're making this noise, you know. Are they spawning or are they feeding? Um, And that's what I find really challenging because I don't have all the little clues that I need to put everything together. So I've sort of got to find different evidence, sort of like be a bit of a detective to try and find the answer because it's not right in front of me. That's what I find really challenging. When you talk about uh, humpback whales and orcas being iconic cetacean sound makers, these guys are the iconic fish sound producers. They're known as toadfish and they're very well documented of producing sounds worldwide. They make a variety of sounds, but one of their most well-known is known as the boat whistle. Um, or the foghorn. They're very loud. The sounds that they produce are related to their breeding seasons. And in terms of around Australia, there's been toadfish choruses found all across the top of Australia. Whether they're the same species, we're not sure yet, but they're definitely a species of of toadfish because that particular sound type and chorus is specific to that fish family. And then there's this sound that I was really surprised by, a sound that I thought was just water noise. But turns out 
is hundreds of thousands of tiny fish. Okay, so these are known as lanternfish. So they're very small, little mesopelagic fish. So they're quite deep living fish. They're called lanternfish because they've got like a bioluminescence along their body, which most of those fish within that depth in the water column have to use some sort of that to navigate their their daily lives. We believe that they make, by having a look at their swim bladder and how their sonic muscles are attached, they make a very, like a popping sound, like a single pulse popping sound, like And to our ears, those pops so close together from thousands of fish sounds like white noise. So don't tune the radio, that's the fish. I mean, when, when we're talking about these choruses, it's not, you know, 10 fish calling, it's thousands, hundreds, thousands. It, it's a huge amount of fish. A lot of the chorus research that we've looked at are of spawning aggregations. So it is aggregations of fish all together. Given that these uh, lantern fish are often extremely deep in the water column and we really yes. don't get a good look at them, do we know yes. in which context they might be making their popping sounds? Yeah, so a study which was published in 2016 by Robert McCauley and Doug Cato, they went into the Perth Canyon, which was where this McToford chorus was recorded, uh, which is about 22 kilometres off Rottnest. And they were actually doing net toes during the time that the chorus was being produced and they were finding these McTophids and they were feeding or they had krill in their stomachs so you know they'd obviously been foraging at the surface because this chorus is actually being made during the time that they were finding these fish when they had krill in their stomachs we're thinking that it's very likely associated with feeding behavior whether that's you know calling each other going hey look there's there's food over here you know it's here, it's here, it's over here, Um, or whether it's a way of bringing the whole school together or even, you know, considering their prey is so small, it could be like a way of actually stunning their prey. Pops are so, they're quite percussive, so it's quite a a pressure change, so it could actually be a way of, of hunting as well. So for most of the sounds that I've found I actually have really no idea. Depending on the, the characteristics of the sound, sort of gives us a hint as to what, you know, possibly. So the knocks, you know, the dun, 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 dun. The pops, you know, the... I mean, they're all made by, you know, fish that are producing sound from their swim bladders. 
And then you have these burps. And you have growls. And you have the I've got one that sounds like frogs. Like reek, 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 reek. And you have da 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 is similar to previously recorded batfish recordings. But there's actually two types of that trail of pulses. One which the time between the pulses is very, very quick. And then the other one, it's a little bit slower. So one goes na 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 and one goes na 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 You know, there's even possibly different species in the two calls as well. It's a smorgasbord at the moment. Hopefully by delineating where they're found and what environments they're found in, we'll start to give us a clue as to what these these fish could be. And then look at, you know, sounds that have been previously collected in captive environments and start looking at whether they match any of those that we already know. We can imagine the bird chorus at dawn slowly creeping its way with the sun across the continent. And in the same way, at sunset each evening, as the light fades, billions of fish migrate upwards from the depths, seeking food and singing as they do it. So basically what's happening is as the light's going down, a lot of fish decide, okay, we're going to start going up. And you sort of start hearing sort of a few fish calls and then they start getting a little bit more and then they start overlapping. And then sort of as it goes dark, the party really starts and it just hits the roof. There's so much noise and it it almost becomes white noise. You can't actually see the individual calls at that point. They call and call and call and call. So for some fish, it's like, I've got the food, I've got the food, I've got the food here. Oh, it's yum, it's great. And they just continue doing that for, you know, a couple of hours at a time. Or, you know, you'll have some fish over the evening Well, might be the boys, might, you know, girls come and check me out. Might be the girls, you know, calling for the boys. And they do that over a number of hours. And then everything sort of starts petering off after a certain time. You'll have some choruses that one will start and stop and then the next one will start and stop. You know, you've got to make sure that this species is getting their time in 
the same as the next one and they don't want to overlap. And then generally we'll have some fish that will have a bit of a party just before sunrise. And then just as the light starts coming up, the sound levels will, will lower again. It really depends on the soundscape and also depends on what the fish are doing will give you those different patterns and that's why it's important to find those patterns because that tells us what the fish are doing. Um, probably now starting to see patterns as to where choruses are, how many choruses are in those locations, um, starting to see differences between choruses in um, different climactic regions. And I've also looking at what effect depth is having on the chorus diversity. And those are really little aha moments going, oh, okay, now I'm starting to see there's a pattern here. And when I start looking at new locations, I'm sort of going, oh, yeah, you know, this is, this is starting to follow the story. My aha moments are, okay, like these choruses are really driven by specific spatial and temporal variables. They're telling us a lot of things. So it's just, yeah, looking at the map and going, oh my goodness, there's so much here. What do I do with it? What this project will provide will be a, a catalogue of fish choruses around Australia in different marine environments at different depths um, at different times of the year. And it's, it will be a baseline for soundscape research in those areas. And we'll sort of look at what ecological interactions are happening in those different environments and look at what ones in particular may be produced by commercial fish species. And in doing so, if we can actually monitor what's happening with these fish populations, areas where they're breeding, areas where they're feeding, also if these choruses are being produced while they're feeding, we can track productivity and start to model what impacts change may have on these species, these ecosystems in the future. It feels like your project is sort of like trying to do a jigsaw puzzle, but blindfolded. <laughs> Um, it's basically I'm given all these sounds and I'm creating a book of, okay, this is what a chorus, this is what this chorus sounds like, this is what its spectral characteristics are like, this is where it's found. And then also trying to track if it's found in multiple locations as well and by putting all this information together, it's giving me lots and lots of jigsaw puzzle bits, um, but I can start to attach them together and hopefully out of that indicate directions that 
I need to go into next or, you know, directions that, you know, somebody else can take on board and, and look for as well. Lauren Hawkins is studying the sounds that fish make, especially as they make their daily vertical migration up and down through the water to feed. And the sounds you heard in today's program were collected by Professor Robert McCauley and the Centre for Marine Science and Technology at Curtin Uni. And the special hydrophones they used to get them, these are underwater microphones, were deployed as a part of the acoustic observatories of the Integrated Marine Observing System. I'm Ann Jones, and on Off Track next time, I'll take you somewhere else. Yeah, it's, you know, you have such your iconic sound makers underneath the ocean and it would be really cool if, you know, we had some fish, you know, being quite iconic as well. Like, but it'd be cool if, you know, I played a toadfish recording and, you know, some person just, oh, that, that's a toadfish, <laughs> rather than, you know, playing a dolphin whistle or a humpback whale sound. They're like, that's a whale. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you'll know yeah. you made it when if you go into the beauty salon and they're playing Toadfish uh, yeah. <laughs> CD. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.